Hello, we are Natalie and Matthias. We welcome you to our conversations with B2B ecosystem experts and platform founders. Our goal is to uncover what they learned and help you to launch and scale platforms, marketplaces and business ecosystems. Enjoy! To this uh, new podcast in the series in our series platforms for future i'm natalie dubin lamborghini and i'm uh, very pleased to co-host this session again with uh, my counterpart matthias walter who's the creator of the platform innovation kit and the founder of fast break one today we have the privilege of hosting mr sebastian brenner who's the managing director of Kemondis. Kemondis, we will uh, you know, tell you all about it today. Uh, it's a leading platform in B2B in the chemicals industry. So I'm not going to say any more because I want to uh, keep uh, a bit uh, of uh, information for afterwards. But uh, I would like uh, to thank you, first of all, uh, to thank, first of all, Sebastian for uh, being with us. Thank you, Nathalie and Matthias, for the invitation. I'm excited to be with you today. Thank you. So just before we get started with you and we start uh, asking you all of those questions, I wanted to um, maybe say in a, in a word, uh, for those of you who are, or the, of the listeners who are joining us today who haven't uh, uh, listened to any other podcasts, uh, the, the goal of those uh, podcasts is really for us to explore together Uh, with the world-class leaders uh, of those uh, platforms that we've discovered uh, across Europe and across the world, how they've applied platform thinking to their B2B business and learn how we, together how together we could uh, learn to tackle you know, some bigger challenges of the world, bigger challenges, but also um, how can we leverage platforms to create economic, Uh, impact and environmental uh, sustainability. So, like I said, we've got today Sebastian with us and um, we'll make uh, this um, uh, podcast probably something around 30 minutes, 40 minutes, but most more, what's more important is that we're going to try to make it um, a bit of a conversation, you know, uh, fairly interactive. And um, you will see that uh, we've got some very uh, interesting uh, insights for you, or rather Sebastian has got some very interesting insights for you. So, um, Sebastian, I will start uh, with maybe asking you to explain what Kemondis is for those uh, listeners who don't yet know. Thank you, Natalie, for the introduction um, again. Um, yeah, Kemondis is, as you said, um, the leading B2B online marketplace for the chemical industry in Europe. Um, maybe for those that are not so much familiar with the chemical industry, um, the chemical industry is um, a massive industry. It's a $5 trillion industry. It's actually the third largest B2B uh, industry in the world. And uh, yeah, I'm actually, I, I spent my entire career in this industry. And uh, what I found fascinating is uh, the idea of uh, how can we digitize sales and marketing in this uh, industry. Um, you have to see that today, uh, sales and marketing processes in this industry are very traditional. They're very much one-to-one, uh, -one, paper-based processes. Um, and uh, there's significant potential for, uh, yeah, obviously digitizing those sales and marketing processes. And um, yeah, we built um, uh, Kimondas about uh, 
two years ago and started again very much in, in Europe. And yeah, we've seen very uh, good traction over the last couple of months and I'm happy to share the story today about it. Yeah, exactly. This would be really of interest for also for all of our listeners to learn more about the history of Kimondis and um, how do you came up with the idea to, to form this marketplace? Yeah, Kimondis actually uh, has a, a bit of a special history because um, Kimondis was found out of a yeah well-established and uh, well-known chemical company, which is Langsess. Uh, Langsess is a specialty uh, manufacturer, a specialty chemicals manufacturer based uh, here in Germany, uh, but with a global presence. And uh, yeah, the idea of Kimondis actually was born out of uh, an initiative that was run at the company to identify uh, digital levers for Uh, Lengses for basically the entire operations. And uh, yeah, what the guys basically identified was that it is lacking digital sales channels in this industry. And uh, well, I think it was actually, um, yeah, an interesting uh, idea. And I got fascinated immediately right from the start to, to build something, number one of this kind, but secondly, also um, out of uh, an existing uh, industry player um, uh, with all the know-how and all the The backing that actually you you need to to run this. So was this was this always um, in mind when you did this initiative to create a new company outside of Langsess, or was this initiative more like we need to digitalize our sales channel and then throughout this whole exercise of running and, and going through this yeah initiative, then you this kind of thinking. Has been formalized and then it, it, it shaped also the thinking of the executive so that they said yes now we are really open to to launch our own platform well there's there's different ways that you can go about uh, online uh, sales uh, online marketing and um, yeah as you can imagine there was um, plenty of discussions at board and executive level at the time about which way to go and what option to to use but after a thorough analysis and uh, this plentiful of examples from other industries. I think if you think from a customer's perspective, what is the most um, customer-friendly and also the most uh, comprehensive offer to customer, a marketplace has certain, certain advantages over a web shop or web portal. And at that point, uh, yeah, we decided to, um, to, to go down that path, to go for uh, an open marketplace And um, yeah, that then led also to certain uh, decisions to how to uh, operate this company. Certainly. So it was more like you always have to put the customer in this, into the center and say, okay, what is the best for the customer? And based on this kind of understanding, you can say, um, maybe if I don't build a platform, if I don't play build this marketplace, maybe someone else will do it. And um Yeah, Matthias, you're absolutely right. I mean, that was precisely the thinking. If you put the customer first um, and uh, want to develop a superior customer experience for them, uh, then this is absolutely the right uh, way to go. And yes, Matthias, also that is absolutely true. Um, we've seen this in many other industries, uh, but also predominantly still in the in the consumer space. Um, you, you need to drive that change and you need to uh, adopt your business model. And exactly like you said, if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it for you. And I think it's the smarter and better decision to be actively running that change and to be proactively transforming um, the entire industry even towards um, using digital um, sales and marketing tools. Absolutely right. 
I think uh, uh, one thing I, I was wondering when I first uh, saw uh, Kimondis, um the thinking around platform or, and buying on platforms from a consumer perspective in B2C, it's fairly mm, standard now. Uh, but would you say that, how did you assess the readiness of your B2B customers to actually buy uh, chemicals online? It's, you know, something that seems very, um, uh, you know, with high requirements in security, in valid, you know, validating the authenticity of, of uh, the products. Um, so when you're talking about being customer friendly, how did you assess whether your customers were actually ready for this kind of uh, setup? Yeah, I think there's um, there's several angles to this. And I think maybe the first and foremost was uh, you need to have, and we call this domain knowledge, you need to have an understanding of what matters to the industry. And and exactly like exactly you said, Natalie, what do you need to provide to enable them? And also to maybe that's something we'll talk later about also to, how do you form the trust of people to to try uh, um, such a platform and to give it a chance? You have to see, we are talking industrial scale chemicals. We're talking of average ticket sizes, which are five digit euros. So we are not talking small consumer transactions, which may be, you know, a couple of euros or dollars. We're talking uh, significant uh, investment. And yes, you're right. I think the answer to that is you need to know um, what matters to the industry participants and you need to convince them of the benefits of uh, uh, trying such new channels. And um, and um, so having this kind of, let's say, thinking in mind and this ambition to put this marketplace uh, out there, this is one thing. But uh, maybe you can explain a little bit more about your journey you went through from having this idea and having this kind of motivation to really starting Kimondis. So what happened between this kind of initiative and then the first uh, day you really exist? Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, there was a very, very early and important decision to separate Kimondis out of any kind of Linksys uh, organization or, or setup. And this is various reasons. Number one, um, we are a software company. We are um, providing software and uh, for the chemical industry, but we are not a chemical company. And, and this is uh, different ways of working uh, um, in different also kind of DNA, also different processes, different kind of, of profile also of people that you are um, uh, requiring or that you are um, uh, hiring. Yeah. Um, that was a reason. Second is, um, I mean, obviously, uh, we uh, went with the approach to be open to any player in the industry. And, and that, uh, per se, just is possible if you are outside of any uh, home turf organization, if you want to call it. You need to be separate. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, and, and equally important, there's legal reasons to, to do this as well. Yeah. You have to have full separation. Uh, of of team of IT of uh, your office. Um, there's there's virtually today no link between us and our financier, which is uh, which is Lanxess, yeah. Where, but that could be theoretically by now uh, also other potential investors, yeah. Um, uh, we've I think done very well. It it allowed us simply to to start from from a green field and to be very quick and also free in the way that we designed this profile and this product without any kind of 
limitations that were uh, given to us. And, and that is something that uh, I personally think was a big success factor for what we've built in the last two years. It's very interesting, I think, uh, that you say you're, you're a software company uh, and not a chemicals company. So that that's, a, you know, really uh, displaces uh, the positioning. Yeah. Um, it's it's our it's our business model, right? Uh, our business model is provide a software platform um, for the industry with industry know-how, but also equally with the know-how of digital uh, sales channels. Um, we've got plenty of expertise in our team from people that have worked for other industries that are already a couple of steps further than maybe the chemical industry is in in digital transformation. And um, that together, actually, I think, is something that made us uh, a strong team and also successful in the market. Think of the tourism industry, yeah? Think of the tourism industry. I mean, it's a consumer-facing industry, but if you think 10 years back, yes, I think uh, processes there were similar to what we see today in the chemical industry. And, and, and again, I don't see why, um, uh, with the particularities of this industry in mind, obviously, yeah, knowing about the chemicals and also the complexities of, of uh, you know, managing a chemical product, I don't see any reason why uh, we should not be going down the same route than what we've seen from other industries. So, We've got on our team people that went through this transformation already uh, from other industries. And this gives us, I think, a couple of steps already um, thinking ahead of uh, what the future might be. So, so this is a typical pattern we see right now. So maybe maybe we could say that today every kind of industry is really ready for platforms and marketplaces. So last time we talked to another platform, Tabio, who is part of the wood industry, also another very traditional or old uh, industry, but they are also creating a not only a marketplace, but really a kind of a software company there to to yeah uh, to act as a platform and orchestrate the whole market. So it's really um, a kind of a big trend and a kind of a state of the economy that each kind of industry is really now ready for being a platform. So coming back to your history, uh, so you started, so you created your own legal entity and you created Kimondes. Um, maybe the biggest challenge was, I think, how do you solve this kind of chicken and egg problem? How do you really start it? So Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a good question. I think this is something for every platform or marketplace, which is absolutely critical at the beginning to understand. And uh, I would want to give you a very honest answer. Um, at the beginning, we just try to uh, try to shoot as broad as possible, yeah, because we wanted to try out and see, you know, where do we gain traction? Where is also market segments in this chemical industry uh, that fits? I, I told you earlier, it's a five trillion dollar industry. It is number one geographically, extremely international. This is a fascinatingly global industry. But number two, also within the chemical industry, there is hundreds of thousands of substances, literally, yeah. So you've got a vast complexity. Um, along also then different process steps in the industry. And I think for us, the breakthrough was really to focus and narrow down the focus very much. So we thought again, we thought from the customer angle, and this is from my perspective now, the buyer. So from the buyer's perspective, how can we make it attractive for them to buy on the platform? This has certain you know product features that we had to deliver, but then obviously we had to have the right portfolio and the right set of uh, suppliers to be attractive for them. Yeah. 
So what we did is we decided at some point, number one, to focus geographically on the European Union. This is our core market. This is where we uh, want to gain traction. And secondly, within the European Union, we focus on two segments. That's uh, the paints and coatings industry, and it is the adhesives and sealants industry. And why was it a breakthrough? Because we were able to identify with our chemical experts that we have in our team, you know, what's the kind of portfolio that a typical buyer would be looking for in these two target segments. And with that in mind and that knowledge in our hands, we could go to suppliers and tell them, look, we are interested in portfolio ABC. That's precisely what we need. Can we get this from you? And once we had this in a certain range, that was our first step then, we were able to go to the buyers and tell them, look, we've got all the portfolio that we need and we've got it from a list of very reputable companies. Why don't you give it a try? And that was, I think, was really a breakthrough for us to cut through the chicken and egg topic, to have the understanding of the buyer translate that into the supplier side, acquiring the portfolio, and then basically go back to the buyer side and say, again, look, this is really interesting a place for you to be. And you would be in, uh, maybe surprised um, if you look at the structure of the chemical industry in Europe, it is actually a very fragmented uh, industry. Um, you have 22,500 companies in Europe registered to trade or manufacture chemical products. And um, this is classical Mittelstand, yeah? small and medium-sized enterprises um, that uh, yeah, we were able to give from one day to the other uh, a digital channel. And that played out very well. I think we had a very good USP to those guys um, uh, and uh, yeah, played this played this out. And um, so you had also this setup with Langsess as your let's say mother company behind. Um, could you kind of leverage uh, kind of their assets, like the customer base or whatever, to get access to a larger customer base easier? Or or do you think this? Yeah, could you kind of leverage something from Langsess as a mother company? Look, I mean, obviously, when we like had our first trials with our MVP, uh, yes, we were able to uh, uh, try out, you know, certain things uh, with, you know, a couple of like friendly users and, and this kind of setup. But uh, very honestly, uh, we uh, didn't do that for for various reasons. Number one, uh, European GDPR actually wouldn't uh, allow uh, for those customer contacts to be transferred from one company to the other, so that's actually a big blocker. But secondly, and I think this is significantly more important, our team has the ambition to actually grow in that market by themselves and to acquire the customers by themselves. So we went out and I think we've got a very sophisticated setup by now to acquire companies on the buyer and on the seller side. Um, so to answer your question, Matthias, we did this very selectively at the beginning, but that was just really for the very, very first couple of steps. And after that, we went all alone by ourselves into the market. And um, so you are now more than a scale-up, not a startup anymore. Um, so how went you from solving this chicken-egg problem into further growth, further scaling your your, your marketplace? Yeah, I, I think uh, at this point in time, we can say with confidence, again, that we've uh, um, gained nice presence in, in, in the, the target segment. We have three and a half thousand companies now um, uh, online or listed uh, active on our network. But if you compare that to the 22,500, there's very much way to go for us still. And also, again, I mentioned we're very much still focused on certain portfolio elements. So for us, it is now 
to continue to gain traction in this target segment, yeah, to increase the activity of the market players that we have acquired now um, uh, further and further. And then at some point, um, yeah, I think it's going to be the decision for us to, to expand. Uh, and uh, that can be geographically or that can also be an expansion of portfolio uh, into other adjacent portfolio elements uh, uh, that would make sense that actually would uh, yeah, expand our footprint uh, further in Europe. So the, the 22,000 companies that you're talking about are only for paint and coating and, and glues and... No, that's the entire, entire that's the entire chemical okay. industry in okay uh, so what subset uh, does the paint and coating uh, um, market represent because I think it, it's a really key point that you're making because when we're talking about platforms because we have in mind this great growth and scaling and we're tempted to you know uh, say that we want to target the whole market and go big and but the secret and you just illustrated it really well is to focus and start with really something very precise. You have to see that in B2B, it is not as maybe a quick turnover to convince a company to try out a platform, right? In a company setup, you're talking to multiple stakeholders, yeah, to a buying center, yeah, um, uh, to convince various uh, people with various roles and also maybe various interests of the pros and the cons and then i mean you will have to convince them of the pros yeah so this is something that you need uh, it's a marathon yeah and in some of these sales cycles this is not done in days or weeks this we're talking month maybe in some instances even 12 months plus uh, to convince a company to to do it but I think, again, it's worth it, but this requires um, effort and it requires actually stamina to uh, to persevere and to always, you know, keep the contact, to convince them and uh, to, to make them try it out. And then once they try it out, obviously, you have to deliver the success stories to them. Yeah, You have to deliver the successes. You'll have to show them how they can generate new business, how they uh, can be more successful with uh, the usage of Kimondas. Um, and then it is actually easy. Yeah? Once you have these success stories inside uh, also bigger companies, it is, I think, the moment that you are really gaining traction also within such companies. Yeah, maybe can you give a kind of an example? Uh, because, yes, um, I think this is really the most crucial part here. And when we talk to other platforms and help them to scale, we always see that it's not uh, it, it's easy for them to acquire first-time kind of users and they try out and then they check and see if this is good or bad but it's the hardest part to turn those first or first time uh, buyers into recurrent customers so maybe you have a kind of a success story or kind of uh, example you would like you can share with us um I would say it's exactly uh, one of the key challenges, Matthias, that you've just mentioned. And I would say it's also um, a challenge that we uh, are facing. Um, I think the trick uh, or the advice that I can give is to be um, very clear on what do both parties expect. So um, be sure that you are setting uh, realistic expectations from both sides on what can be achieved uh, in such uh, partnerships. And then uh, to be honestly uh, following up and to be that is something we do, for example, very much in our um, uh, business development team. We just really build a very, very uh, short and close uh, collaboration and relationship with all our clients. You have to see where, where we have to 
where they're starting. They're starting from pen, pen and paper in some uh, instances, yeah, or from PDF and email, yeah. So you've got to start them. You have to take them by the hands, and then you really have to guide them through the process. Uh, and again, it is really crucial then to show those success stories. That is really uh, a game changer uh, inside many of the organizations. Um, and again, as I said earlier, um, be realistic on your expectations and really agree on those expectations. So what does good look like for us after a couple of weeks or a couple of months uh, on the marketplace? And then this is something that both parties can actually play their part uh, and uh, be successful. And it, it is way not, I mean, it's not enough for a chemical company just to put products online and then wait uh, until the orders fly in. Yeah, um, it is more. It is something that we as Chemondis can support with our activities to promote those products online, to make sure that we get the right buyers and suppliers together. But it is also the suppliers and buyers role actively on the marketplace that makes them successful. So it is something that both parties need to contribute to make it a joint uh, success at the end. And most of our listeners know that we have this um value framework um, which we always use to determine how good is this platform and how well positioned it is in the market and the value uh, stack is represented by mainly three layers like the engagement layer on the top where you have the engagement where you have your marketplace where you connect the people then you have a data layer below which enables you to gather data but also analyze and trigger kind of behavior maybe um, and we have at the bottom an infrastructure layer and we very often see that uh, comp or platforms um, evolve from let's say the top layer into the lower layers uh, building up further capabilities on data layer and infrastructure layer or they work upwards and say okay I start in the infrastructure layer like IoT platforms and then uh, later on I have an app store or whatever at the top so how do you see Kimondes, I would say you started at the at the top as a marketplace on the engagement layer. How do you see maybe also with your DNA as a software company how this can further evolve? What other capabilities you would like to yeah build up in the future? Actually, Matthias, I quite like this uh, three-layer approach. I think there's um, a lot of uh, parallels to how we started. We very much started from the top, to be very clear. Yeah, We wanted to have the engagement. We wanted to trigger the interaction on the platform. As I said, our goal is to increase the activity of our marketplace participants now. That's clearly our um, focus. But in parallel, uh, we are starting to um, uh, yeah, also... I mean, obviously, see more and more transactions on the platform, and that gives us uh, an interesting pool of data yeah, um, in terms of, of real-time transactions that are happening in the industry, uh, but also in terms of customer interaction with our platform. What are people using? Uh, um, page views, for example, on suppliers' pages, like what's happening there? How do I compare against you know, maybe my competition that I have on the marketplace? How do I rank? How can I improve my ranking on the, on the platform? All of those things obviously are things that are very, very much um, now um, at our focus of our developments. Um, this is very clearly the, the, the second level of, of, of development for us. And then thirdly, the infrastructure. I would maybe, if I may want to rephrase it, look at this like, what can we add in terms of value-added services to, um, to our offer? How can we integrate maybe partners onto our network that add value to our participants on the marketplace? And actually, there we are also working on various fronts. Um, we'll actually be just announcing in just a couple of days um, uh, our first cooperation with a chemical logistics provider. So 
we've basically integrated them. So once you've made a deal, once you've come to an agreement to ship product from A to B, we can bring this party in to make you a logistics offer. Yeah? And we could think this in all kinds of other ways that, and now I'm talking more the infrastructure of the deal, of the value-added services around the deal, that we can now with our platform very easily basically link onto that transaction that has happened on the marketplace, and which again makes us more attractive as a marketplace, but also uh, uh, gives value to the participants of our uh, platform. And um, the point you mentioned with the with the data, this is there's also very often a kind of a downside uh, attached to data, um, especially here in Europe. Uh, maybe the uh, companies uh, also especially in B2B, they are very skeptical. So they say, hey, I, yes, I'm, I'm using this and they are collecting a lot of data, but what they do with this data. So how do you deal with this kind of uh, skepsis in the market around data and uh, data privacy and what kind of yeah, advantages you can take based on the data? Mm -hmm. So first of all, I mean, um we are very responsible when it comes to data. Yeah? The data is stored uh, uh, to the highest um, um, available standards uh, on the market. It is stored exclusively here in, in Europe. There's there's no data um, which is leaving the European Union. Yeah, uh, But secondly, also, um, all data is only available to those parties involved in the transaction. Yeah, so there's no sharing of any uh, competitor data with other competitors. This is absolutely no go. It would, I think, entirely destroy our trustworthiness if we would allow uh, for any such uh, things to happen. Yeah, so that is very clear. Um, so yes, we're taking this topic very serious. Um, and Matthias, yes, um, it is. It is to to some extent, it is a very um, German, I would say, a kind of. Uh, uh, topic, yeah, which I hear very much in discussions with German customers. But then again, also you have to think of the of the alternatives. I mean, we're doing this very responsibly. We're doing this within the industry. We're doing it for the industry, actually, to the benefit of the industry. Uh, I mean, what is the alternative again? If you want, someone else is going to do it. Uh, and I think uh, the data is in our hands uh, significantly better uh, kept than uh, in other scenarios that one and might think of. So, so the, the data security and, and uh, privacy is obviously uh, one of the key uh, issues or, 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 or um, topics, if I, I want to be positive, <laughs> that we have to handle in platforms. Um, and more broadly, back to the comments we were making earlier on trust, um, we're talking about chemicals. You, you're also talking about transport. So beyond the fact that, you know, on your platform, I can buy uh, hundreds of thousands of value of, uh, of chemicals. I can also have them transported or delivered to them to my to me how do you handle trust as a whole matthias always says trust is the most valuable yeah. currency in b2b and obviously you know beyond the data the trust is is of primary importance so you know. yes natalie um, trust is uh, of utmost importance, and um, we decided very early on that actually trust is at the, at the center of, of what we do. Um, you, you mentioned correctly, chemicals can, in some instances, be uh, yeah uh, in, in the wrong hands or in uh, the wrong handling can be dangerous. So, number one, we do not have any 
core competence in that topic. That is why we're saying we are a software company. We are not a chemical uh, distribution or manufacturing company. That's actually one of the main core competencies of those partners that are working with us when it comes to storage, when it comes to logistics, when it also comes to re the regulatory part of can I actually sell this chemical product to this company? Yeah, This is something which is uh, very well regulated in uh, Europe for very, very good reasons. Um, uh, second topic is we are um, actually uh, verifying every company that is registering with us. Number one, we are only open for companies, not for private uh, uh, business. Yeah, So that's number one. Number two, every company gets validated and checked by us uh, for various factors, which is very similar to the check that also uh, the industry players would, would run. So we basically do a pre-qualification to make sure that those products are, uh, that those companies are um, legitimate in their interest to trade chemical products. And thirdly, in the European Union, again, as I said, there is regulation. Uh, REACH is uh, one of them. REACH is a regulatory framework for the chemical products and we uh, yeah take uh, um, pride and we basically require that all of the products that are offered on our marketplace are reach certified so that we can uh, yeah make sure that they are in compliance with the european regulation on chemical products and um, talking about trust um, to attach to trust is also responsibility and uh, not only responsibility maybe towards the buyers and sellers of your marketplace, but also maybe to the environment. So um, how do you see this kind of response? Or how do you take this responsibility um, and think about what kind of positive impact you maybe can have also to the to the environment? So especially in chemist in the chemical industry, I think this is also something people have in mind. So I see all the chemistry and maybe this is maybe kind of waste and whatever. So how do you take this responsibility for the society of and in, in, in our nature? Yeah. Um, absolutely, it's a, a very important uh, and also rightfully a top agenda topic uh, in, in our industry. Um, look, a marketplace, I think, can be a pivotal place when it comes to a circular economy. Um, and I think that's actually one of the most promising uh, ways when it comes to more sustainable uh, um, uh, industry. Um, a marketplace like Imondes could potentially in the future be the place that you basically circulize the products, that you get them back into the loop. And um, the beauty of the chemical industry as a process industry is that you can not only trade those products forward, but we can also recycle them back into the process uh, chain. And actually, this is, a, I think, very promising scenario for also us as uh, Kimondis and uh, something that we are uh, definitely working towards in the future. Yeah, this is definitely, I think, something each industry needs to more and more discover. How can they move from reducing waste to a circular approach and maybe also to having a positive impact or so, uh, giving back more than you use? Um, very, very good. Um, Sebastian, many thanks for your uh, insights into Kimondes and your journey from, let's say, zero to your marketplace you are today uh, so i think we learned a lot about um, how an incumbent company could start and go on with this kind of initiative and how you also solve this chicken egg problem on having a customer centric mindset and a strong focus um, on region on segments in your portfolio so starting small but uh, 
think big and start small and um, also how you can turn so kind of first-time buyers into recurrent users um, by creating success stories, sharing those success stories and yeah, helping them. And also we talked about trust and you said also trust is in the center always. Um, how can you build this trust by, for example, validating and checking the users before they becoming real users of your marketplace, etc. And then we talked about sustainability. So I think we covered a lot of topics and interesting topics, and I'm sure we could talk on for many, many hours more. Um, so thank you again for sharing this. Uh, but before we come to an end, we always have this um, very <laughs> special questions to our guests. And um, this is about what would be your key advice as an executive and uh, platform leader to others, to other executives, to other leaders around the world? Uh, what is maybe the key thing you learned in your last uh, three to five years? I think the trick is relatively simple. I think it's just really to get things going. Um, there's always a time of um, uh, of thinking, of strategizing, of contemplating about which way to go. But once you've decided to do it, you need to be fast in this thing and you need to give um, the people and the team that you're trusting to build something like this, the freedom and the, yeah, the opportunity to, to do it um, in, in, in the necessary freedom and the necessary entrepreneurial kind of space. And I think that's kind of the thing that I would say, Matthias, is, um, yeah, looking back, uh, the, the, the key success factor for us to, to build this for the chemical industry. Great. So being fast and um, have this entrepreneurial spirit, this entrepreneurial execution. Thank you very much from my side, from our side, uh, for being a guest on our show. Thank you. And yes, thank you very much. We cross our fingers that you will continue with your success and thank come you. on this. And yeah, hopefully maybe we can have another session in one year, one and a half years and see where you're then. Thank you very much. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, Sebastian.